Whether we're talking about the fear of failure or anything else holding you back, confidence is the key to unleashing your power. Welcome to Confident with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. Join our conversations with fierce female leaders and explore how you can become more confident. Welcome to episode 13, Speak Your Truth, sponsored by Miss Confident Boutique. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Okay, we're still in quarantine, so today's episode will again sound a bit different, but we're excited to be here, and we always start talking about some current events. Usually, we discuss one person, but today's current event is the bright spot amid the COVID-19 pandemic. It's human kindness. People are serenading each other across windowsills and fostering animals at unprecedented rates. Volunteers are buying groceries for their neighbors, and cities are starting new programs to feed the homeless. And at Live Girl, inspired by high school freshman Olivia Cognetti, our high school leadership council is joining forces to sew homemade masks and to write thank you letters to hospital and EMS workers. So it's always good to, to, to tr- pay a tribute to gratitude and kindness, but especially right now um, in our crazy world. So thank you, human kindness. And actually, today's guest, I would say, is extraordinarily kind. Poetic activist Cheyenne Tyler Jacobs, the founder and curator of the She Will Speak series, a platform to empower women through education, awareness, and arts to cultivate healing and change. She has also published two books, including her latest, The Tragic Type of Beautiful, and she works for the End Rape on Campus Speakers Bureau. Welcome, Cheyenne. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Shane, I also have to add, you've shared your talent for spoken word with the girls. You've taught them how to write poetry and to use that as a creative expression. So thank you, Cheyenne, for being such a champion for girls and women and such a dear friend to Live Girl. Well, thank you so much. I truly appreciate that. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. You are truly one of the most inspirational people I know. Originally from New Jersey, but you're now living in Atlanta, Georgia. Can you just yes. start from the beginning and talk about who and what were your earliest in? So yeah, so some of my early influences as far as um, poetry, I think, well, my earliest memory, I was like in third grade, just writing, and I would really more write for myself. Um, It was more just so I can kind of get my feelings on paper. Um, But then I had the pleasure of kind of learning about poetry in school. And my mom has um, in our vegetable area, Um, a picture of Maya Angelou and her poem, Still Rise. And it actually took me to start writing poetry to even notice that that picture was there um, because I think I walked by it so often in my household that I never even knew what it said. Um, And then after reading her work and looking at her work and, you know, starting to really know what poetry was, um, I started to write it more. I love that story. And resilience really is key. So at Live Girl, my mom and Live Girl herself are always <laughs> emphasizing the importance of it. Um, and you were born with both feet deformed and in 2018 had total reconstruction to allow greater mobility. How has resilience helped you overcome this and o- overcome other obstacles in your life? Yeah, so um, I'm a big person who believes that, you know, sometimes in life you don't get the, the cards that you wanted, or sometimes we try to hide 
um, the things in our life that, you know, are reality for us. So like you said, I was born um, with my feet deformed to the point where when I was born, um, my, they told my parents actually while I was still, you know, in the womb, like, hey, like, you know, you might have to have surgery on her when she's born. Like, you know, day one, it's like, this might have to happen. And my parents decided not to um, because there was a great risk that I would have no mobility. And they were just like, you know, we're going to see what happens. As I got older, um, I never walked straight. You know, I had a lot of pain in my lower back. And what happened was it started to deteriorate the rest of my body. Um, and it doesn't help that I am actually, I'm 6'2". So because I have also double lexicity in my legs, it became a big problem for doctors. Like my surgery was actually used in a research study because they've never seen someone with my age with as many complications that I had. And I think for me, resilience echoes into that journey of having surgery because it was a year to fully recover. And it's like, you know, even though I had it, I'm still at a risk. It just allows me longevity, but allowed me to realize that, you know, every intersect that you fall into allows you a greater uh, moment, I think, to learn about yourself. So now I had the opportunity to really, you know, learn how Cheyenne with this body functions and what it needs. And, you know, I love to work out. I love to be moving, but I had to learn workouts that work with my body. And as far as like how I use the resilience and everything else, that's actually what helped me to put my book together because I was out of commission for, you know, eight months of no walking at all. And some of my friends who aren't even writers or not poets, you know, they were just like, Hey, well, you like writing, you like poetry. Why don't you sit down and work on that? And that is how the tragic type of beautiful was born. Tragic type of beautiful was born because I was more in this state of mind, like, well, I don't know what to do because I can't walk anywhere. Um, so if it wasn't for those people who really pushed me to use that moment to really find, you know my own voice in that situation you know I don't know if you know the tragic happy beautiful would even you know be out right now so Cheyenne first of all I just want to say thank you for sharing that story because I think that when people make themselves vulnerable like you just did it just it's so helpful to everyone to realize that we don't have to hide like any imperfections or any um, and any of these things like that you just described that, that you went through and, and actually for you to attribute that experience to making you stronger and actually being the inspiration behind some of your work is just incredible. And I love how you said that every challenge presents an opportunity for you to learn more about yourself. Can you talk a little, expand on that? I love that notion. Yeah, so I definitely um, believe, and especially with, you know, what's happening right now um, with COVID-19, I actually was on a call with um, the executive director of NRAPE on campus, and we were talking about how this experience is actually giving a lot of, you know, light, I think, to a lot of people and experiencing maybe some people's day by day. So, you know, I've always had a strong admiration for our healthcare workers, but really having a full understanding, like, wow, like, you are really putting your life at risk every single day, and we're just seeing it now on this magnified level and I feel like for myself being able to really and like I tell people honestly and I even one day talked about it I'm on my podcast and on social media except the fact that I was a young woman with a disability because I think it was hard at first to really admit you know that this was a thing and then one day I went to the store and I was walking around all day and I by my legs actually just gave out and I was home I had to go to the doctor my parents were like listen you know this is this is something that's with you for life like every doctor i went to like this is a for life thing and if you don't 
start to work through what that means in your life, you're going to harm yourself. And I think sometimes we miss an opportunity to really just learn who we are. And in fact, we harm ourselves because now when I go out, you know, I'm able to communicate it more. I don't have that shame or embarrassment needing maybe the handicap services because I am someone who falls into that category. And I think it allows me now to, you know, help other people to be able to be like, hey, you know, I was once someone who didn't understand why, you know, these issues when it comes to, you know, people and folks with disability, but it's like, now I understand because, you know, I've had to accept that this is the category, you know, I'm also a part of. Um, so I definitely think it's important. And like I said, I think a big thing is we do harm ourselves when we don't accept fully who we are. And even if harming yourself is just robbing yourself of an experience that could really find truth in who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's deep. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> I agree with you that I right now during this pandemic and during these dark times, it's an opportunity for all of us to, to develop yeah. more empathy. And hopefully when we come out of this to build a stronger, more equal country. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree. I couldn't, I couldn't I'm, I'm like cheering, clapping here <laughs> silently because I don't want to interrupt the podcast video, but I just love everything you're saying. And also for our listeners, I was laughing just a, on the side when you said when you when your legs gave out because Cheyenne is almost six yeah. feet tall. She's a very statuesque, like powerful woman. So that 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 that's a very vivid image for me. How tall are you, Cheyenne? I'm six two. Oh, she said six um, two. Yeah, it was funny because the other day I was I posted something and I was like. No, I just posted a photo. My friend uh, was sharing photos of like her friends um, and I shared it and people were like, I didn't know you was that tall. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I am. I'm mostly legs, so you don't see it. And it was just, that was a conversation itself. So yeah, like you said, the image <laughs> of that is definitely like a lot, you know? And that was one thing my parents were like, you know, you're pretty tall. So it's like, when you have these things happen, it's not like, it's like silent. It's like, we can see you, Cheyenne. Um, so yeah, that, that was an adventure like last week, like you're tall. Yes, I am. So the two tallest women that I've ever met are Cheyenne and Michelle Obama. True. And both of them envelope you yeah. in their hugs. Best hugs. Uh, best hugs. <laughs> right. And with their... <laughs> what inspires you to found She Will Speak? When it's okay. Um, so what inspired me to do, um, well, to start the She Will Speak series was actually being able to have um, people tell me their story. So when I uh, started like She Will Speak, like, which is my name on social media, and it's what people know me as, I was just posting my poetry. Actually, one thing people don't know because they are meeting me now at this stage was I actually didn't even have my picture on my social media. It was just a poetry page. People didn't know what I looked like. They didn't know anything. And I went live one day and people for the first time was like, oh my gosh, like, that's what you look like and you're a person. I'm like, yeah. Um, so once I started posting my poetry and my experiences with the world, and I think showing people my true opinions, they started sending me their stories and they started communicating with me. And I sat there and I was like, you know, there needs to be a place, especially for women to show and tell these stories. And when this was all going on with my experience, as far as having people be a lot, very transparent was during the Me Too movement. So a lot of the stories I was getting and a lot of the conversations I was having was surrounded sexual violence or domestic violence. And I'm just like, you know, wow, like, number one, if anyone tells you like their personal story, that's a lot as someone, you know, 
being able to have that transparency. So I, number one, felt very honored and, and almost like, I guess you can say in the twilight zone that people thought of me in this light of like, hey, we can go to you. Cause you know, it's social media. A lot of them didn't know me in person. They just knew me from my words and they just knew me from videos, but they felt like they knew me enough to disclose this. And I wanted to give a place where you can feel free to share your poetry and feel free to start this movement. And it kind of, I guess you can say grew on its own. I would have never thought that we would have been hosting events or book release parties or doing workshops or doing webinars. Like when I first thought about it, it was just gonna be, okay, let's make some anthologies. And now I have a team of people and I have people who are always like, you know, I wanna be more involved. What are those different ways? And it just kind of grew. And, you know, I still have, like I have not deleted it. I still have the first Google doc. And when I asked for submissions and it was eight people and they were all my friends and I keep it as a reminder to be like, Hey, the first time I did this, I had eight submissions and now I do it. And I had the last one we did. Um, and even this current one is now over 500 international submissions versus the eight friends that I had. Well, that's incredible, but that does not surprise me because I feel like in today's world where everyone is chasing perfection. Um, what you're providing is, is a space where people can speak their truth and be vulnerable is so, so very compelling. So that the success of that does not surprise me at all. I think that's what we all want after all, is just to be true to ourselves and to speak our truth. So I just say kudos and congratulations to you on creating this space where people can do that. Thank you. So yeah, I thank you. And I really appreciate it. And you're right. I think a lot of people today um, really want that authenticity and they just really want, you know, truth, you know, and what's happening and people's experiences. Because at the end of the day, as again, we can see with what's happening in our current world, like they say, we're all living history every single day. We, I think, are recognizing how powerful connections really are. So Cheyenne, we would love to hear some poetry. If, yeah. if can we take an, uh, an interlude or intermission here in the podcast speaking and have you share some of your words? Yes. Yeah, so the poem I'm actually going to read is one that I actually performed um, during the summit um, that we had, the virtual summit that you did. And I like did, I shortened it a little bit, but I really loved it to the point where it's like when I showed it to the people, they're like, I think this must, this might be our new favorite. Um, so I wanted to share this, especially in lieu of all that's happening. And even after this to, to show that, you know, every day we have an opportunity, you know, to, to be us and to do all these amazing things. And guess what? Every day might not be a win. You know, I'd be, you know, lying if I said every day is going to feel like a win, but one day you're going to wake up and be like, Hey, like all those bricks I placed, even on the days where I felt like I wasn't winning or I wasn't making a change, they will have an impact. So and this, it still doesn't really have a name, but we're, we're going to go with it. And when I have a name, I'm going to let you know, I promise. <laughs> um, my mom used to always tell me if duct tape can bring Apollo 13 home, it was good enough for me. I didn't get what she meant, but after trying to stick the pieces of my dreams back together, I found that all you need is a glimmer of hope and some support. My dad used to tell me you are the sum of the five people you keep around you. So why do you tie yourself down to people who put cinder blocks on your dreams? You seek their approval, but some folks will never be able to breathe life into your destiny. Why play small? 
As if you are doing the world a favor by holding back your true potential, you tell me you're scared. But freedom and fear cannot exist in the same mindset. You go back to the ones who left you, but you will never find light in the same place that you lost it. We scroll on social media, trying to catch the glimpse of the lives we could have, should have, maybe possibly try living. Sorry, but Valencia cannot fix this one and Crema cannot smooth out all the hidden wrinkles in our lives. You cannot archive your bad moments. You learn from them. You embrace them. You jot them down in your notebook because you grew from them. You are beautiful because beauty has no shape, color, or size. And for me, true beauty is seeing the fire in a young woman's eyes, seeing them break glass ceilings in their minds, speaking up, doing what works, saving their community, saving lives. Listen, I wish someone would have told me how this thing called life really works, but that's the part about it. You see, it's like a card game. It just works. You did not shuffle. You did not pull. Your cards were just dealt out to you. You can decide to sit it out or keep pushing through, I say go for it. And if it gets a little bit easier when people support you, someone out there is waiting for who you are. If you need a reminder, look back at all you've accomplished, I promise you've come far. And one last thing, you wanna know what the richest place in the world is? A graveyard. Because there lies the hidden dreams, unfinished inventions and untapped potential. And that does not have to be you. You have the spirit, the light, the fire, the drive. Everything you need is in you. All that is left is to keep breathing and to keep your dreams alive. Thank you. Thank you, that was beautiful. That was amazing. And every time you speak at Lip Girl, all the girls talk to you about how amazing you are and how your poetry is so inspirational. Oh, it's true, oh. it's like every single time, it's so funny. So April is National Poetry Month. And I was wondering, can you talk to us about how people can use journaling and writing to cope with stress and anxiety, especially right now during the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, so journaling is actually a, a great exercise that a lot of, I would recommend to anyone. Um, so there are definitely journals out there that you can get, but also, you know, especially with the world of social media that we live on, there's a lot of pages right now, um, including mine, the She Will Speak series, um, and a lot of like other ones, even if you just type in like writing prompts you can do. And even if you're just journaling how you feel in a day, it can help you a lot as far as managing your emotions, coping with your emotions. You might actually find something that maybe is triggering for you. Um, I know I've done it a lot of different points in my life because I don't journal every day, but I think it's because I'm, I write often. So it's like my poetry one day is my journal or writing a short story one day might be a good, um, you know, kind of inside of what my mentality was. But when you journal, you allow yourself to kind of see how you're feeling in a day. And you also allow yourself to get emotions out. Um, because at the end of the day, when you keep things in your mind, you're not doing anything with them. You're just kind of letting them spiral around. Actions is what releases what's ever inside of you. The emotions, the thoughts, the questions, you have to do some form of an action. So that's having a conversation that, you know, like if, you know, let's say you've always thought like, I wonder what happens if I start dance. If you're just thinking about dancing, you're never going to know. And you're just going to keep thinking about it. You're going to have to dance to know how that feels like. Um, and especially right now with emotions, write them down, look at them, talk to someone about it, or even just keep them for yourself. That way you can kind of look back and be like, hey, this is where I was at this given time. And I've actually seen a lot of people start journaling now, which is amazing. I, I personally love it because as we know, I'm a big fan of writing anyway. So I'm a little bit biased, but I love it. So April is also Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So you are, from so many different reasons, the perfect 
speaker for us right now for this month. But can you talk about your role and the mission of the End Rape on Campus organization? And, and specifically, what do our listeners need to know about sexual assault awareness? Yeah, so my role on End Rape on Campus, which I'm so honored to be a part of the organization um, in any facet, because for me, it just shows that, you know, your experience and your work, you know, it matters. So I'm on their speakers bureau. So, and of course, you know, with everything going on, we're not really doing as much physical going out and different things like that. But I'm the person that if you were to, you know, talk to End Rape on Campus and want a presentation, I'm someone they would send out for that, as well as doing social media campaigns. And I work with them with the She Will Speak series. And the biggest thing that I feel people need to know, especially for right now, is um, to definitely keep an eye or like to make sure you have resources available because the numbers of specifically, you know, domestic violence have been going up because of this COVID-19, because of people being home, same as, you know, sexual assault calls that are happening because of everyone being home. And I think the biggest thing that people have to know is that um, I'm really big on having trauma-informed care. So when people disclose to you or people tell you about what happened to them, um, you have to allow them to seek their own method of what healing and justice looks like for them. And I think as people, especially when you're someone who cares, you always want to be like, we need to do this and we need to do that. And that might not be what that person wants to do at that moment. And the goal of End Rape on campus is to not only give resources to prevent and to mobilize, you know, educators and students, but it's also to be able to spread that healing. Actually, next week on the 16th, we're even doing a mental health check-in on survivors because something that, you know, a lot of people don't recognize is how I think people recognize how um, this shift in our culture has been happening because of what's going on in the world. But I didn't even realize it, you know, with school being closed, you have a lot of students who had access to mental health, you know, uh, whether that be having mental health counseling or whether that be just being able to talk to a teacher or being able to kind of go through their own journey at school and now they're home. So that's the same for a lot of survivors who are going through different cases or were going through, you know, their kind of healing process. Now they're back home and that process kind of stopped. So we're giving space to that by saying, hey, we see that this could be very triggering, that you were maybe going through a sexual violence case, and now school just ended, they just told you to go back home. Um, so that's definitely something right now, especially in April, to be aware of that you might see a lot of folks going through a lot of these emotions that they really don't know what's going on and allowing them to have that space and just being, you know, a resource. So you might not have the answer, but you can have the phone number um, for RAIN or the National Domestic Violence Hotline. You can give them a number maybe to the local community. I know a lot of shelters are still out there giving maybe mobile and like tele uh, support and counseling. So a lot of different things you can do on that. But I think the biggest thing is just to be aware and to be able to be that resource, you know, if you're able to. Right. Thank you for sharing that, Shine, because yeah. I personally, I think this is so important and we need to do more to educate, prevent, and also support survivors of sexual violence. Especially so right now. Especially, yeah. So thank you so much for, for sharing that perspective. And I've heard you say that you always have a pen, pad, and phone in hand because no matter where you are, your mission is to report and speak the truth. And I admire this so much. Oh, so can you talk about this a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I really do. I was actually just on a phone call with my friend the other day. We were talking about how sometimes as writers, 
you know, you do go through laps where it's like, you might not write for like a month. And then one day it's like, boom, something hits. And I always have, you know, pen, paper, my phone. Um, actually, I have all these little journals that you see me write with and they're all filled. But even in the pages, you'll see like scrap piece of paper or tissue because you never know when something's just gonna, you know, spark in you. And I always like to say like, ready to put down the truth because it might not be something like in my personal life that happened that made me right it could just be something that I see I witness and it's like hey I really want to write this down to remember it and I think a lot of that also came from when I was younger which surprises a lot of people I actually um didn't show my writing until I think was like in high school where I was voluntold to perform by my parents um because when I was in elementary and middle school and they would do anthologies I was actually always denied from them my my work never was featured ever never had my work featured and I actually stopped showing people my writing because I was upset because I'm like wow I must not be a great writer if I love writing and no one ever published my writing but that's also what inspired me to start writing books because I was like, well, if you don't want to publish my writing, I guess I got to do it myself. And I figured out how to do that. And so I always keep something to write down because I always think there's something to be talked about. And I think a lot of people sometimes look at doors being closed as like, well, I guess I can't go through that. And it's like, no, 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 no. If the door is closed, there's a back door, there's a window. We might just kick the door down, but we going to get in that building. I love that. I, and it's such great advice for young women to, to stop waiting for other people to validate you and just go out and validate yourself. And so I, I, I love that, that you, you know, took that self-publishing role on for yourself. It's incredible. So I really think we could talk to you all afternoon, yeah. um, but we do, do need to bring this podcast interview to an end. And we always end our podcast with some fun questions. We call them the three wise women questions. And Ooh. the is Cheyenne what are you obsessed with right now um so honestly what I'm obsessed with right now is besides writing is like definitely comedy I think um I like to laugh and I think I've been more open to people telling them like I like to laugh so I've been watching comedy you know watching funny videos um also like talking to my family because you know I'm one of like I have three other siblings and we're all hysterical. Um, and I'm always like, you know what? I'm gonna give them a call because I need laughter in my life today. So I'm actually really obsessed now with like finding joy. And sometimes I think the things we walk past every single day. And who do you consider to be the greatest leader of all time, living or historical? See that, oh my gosh, that's a question right there. Um, but <laughs> I would have to give that, I'd have to give it to so many people, but I would definitely have to give it to, um, Audrey Lord, because as a writer, I definitely feel like um, she exemplifies what I would love to do in this world. And not so much just as a writer, but as an activist. And I actually have like two quotes in my mind that always stick out to me. Um, when I think of her, um, one is, it is not our differences that divide us. It is our inability to recognize, accept, and celebrate those differences. And I think that is so true. Um, like every day that a lot of people think difference is what separates us. And it's like, no, it's not that we're different. It's that we are allowing these differences to say that we can't share any space. And the other one is when I dare to be powerful, to use my strength um, in, ooh, excuse me, um, in the service of my vision, then it becomes less and less important 
um, to, oh, sorry, I'm messing it up in my, sorry, oh, sorry, eh, I just messed it up. When I dare to be powerful, to use my strength, it is a service of my vision, then it becomes less and less important whether or not I'm afraid. And I love that because we're all afraid to, you know, I think live in our truth. And when you like really read that, like I actually have that up on my wall here in Atlanta, because when I think I step into my strength and my truth, and I use my service as far as you know being a light and being the words for some people it doesn't matter sometimes that i'm afraid and sometimes being able to step past that fear really shows you know my strength that i really want to make this change i love her work as well um and the last question cheyenne is if you could have any superpower what would it be See, I see in this. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's another one. I think I would, I'm torn between shapeshifter and um, reading minds. So I think I would have to do reading minds. And that goes in with, I think the fact that I just love talking to people and I like to really know what people think. So I think I would be that person who's like, mm, I don't think you're telling the truth. Let's check. And, but I would use it for good, only good. I would not be, I would not use any of those powers for evil. Um, but I definitely like the aspect of reading minds because I do think sometimes we hide how we really feel and I would want to help people, you know, get that out. Well, Cheyenne, thank you so much for talking to us today. And we know that you would use your superpowers only for good because yeah. you are a person bringing so much goodness to this, to this world. So thank you so much. And to our thank audience, you. can we ask a favor? Sorry. <laughs> to our audience, can we ask a favor? If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe rate and review our podcast on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend so in closing i'm sherry and i'm olivia and we hope that you feel more confident after today's episode this week's challenge is to speak your truth whether by telling someone how you feel or writing a poem or an op-ed you'll discover your power when you speak your truth